Welcome to the Northern Business Podcast. Each week, we talk to people active in business and the economy about the big issues driving growth in the north of England. We're sponsored by Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers. You can check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, owner of Recognition PR. We help scores of businesses to promote their services and their products, and some are featured on this podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we're talking to businesses today in the Northeast and in the Northwest. In the studio, we have uh, Mike Hughes, who's the business and commercial editor at the Northern Echo. And down the line, we have Sarah Slavin, managing director at Business Durham. And my colleague, Josh Havakin, will be speaking with Northwest-based Ian Riffin of NCS, which works with industry to define, maintain and improve quality by certifying low carbon energy technologies and contractors, including heat pumps, solar and biomass and wind and battery storage. So that's all coming up a little later, Northwest and Northeast. Let's talk to you first, uh, Mike from the Northern Echo. You also have a magazine, don't you? It's called BQ, Business Quarterly? Business IQ. Business IQ. Quarterly magazine. Next edition is that's out right. on Thursday. That's right. It's quarterly, but it's called Business IQ. It is. Now, um, over the last couple of years, uh, your publication has been running a series of events looking at levelling up in the northeast of England. And I know this sort of culminates next week with a, a large event summing up the year. Tell us about it and where it is. So the, the Level Up campaign is an interesting um, example, I think, of what's going on in the region. We started it because we felt we needed more of a spotlight, more help, more support and more investment. Even in the two or three years that it's been going, the region has grown so much in confidence, the investments are starting to come through. So now it's a matter of keeping that spotlight. We've already got it now where I think the focus of an awful lot of national attention. So we wanna keep that spotlight here, but also show the collaboration that already exists. That runway for investment is already prepared. We're already working together. We're talking together across different sectors. So we have a live event four times a year, the next one, as you say, is uh, is a week on Friday in which we bring together our partner companies right across a whole group. The BP is there, Ben Houchin's office, the Durham County Council, a, a lot of, of companies. Uh, and we discuss a theme and we see how does it work with certain sectors, what's important to them, how are they influencing it. Because it's the end of the year, we have the, the great pleasure of doing a good year, great year conversation in which the partners and the audience, of course, we have an invited audience there at the Razor Blue headquarters in Stockton. Uh, we'll talk about what a good year it's been, but what a year it's going to be. And I think that what that's going to try and reflect is that we have to be, in a way, we've had to be a little patient with the astonishing growth and changes in this region because it's been behind the scenes paperwork, it's been the first conversations, it's been looking at sites, it's been drawing up plans. What we envisage in 2024 is a lot of this is going to start actually happening. The steel is going up on Teesworks, for instance. That's emblematic of what's going to happen. More things will start going into the ground. More jobs will start being advertised. Same with the, the Darlington Economic Campus when that first arrived. What was it going to be? What difference was it going to make? And now the local jobs are all happening. It's growing. There's more and more things there. It's a great, great time to be a business journalist, Graham, I've got to say. Well, uh, of course, you cover an interesting area. Uh, we put this podcast out for the north of England, northwest, Yorkshire, East Yorkshire, and so on. But your focus is Teesside, North Yorkshire, and County Durham. And Teesside, I suppose, 
uh, you, whenever I visit other areas, I was in Leeds yesterday, and you're picking up comments from other businesses that Teesside's had its fair share plus. Yeah, and I think that's we've we've shown we obviously we had when the dreadful thing the steelworks collapsed, and we we had a space and we had a gap in which we had to do something dramatic. We could have just gone along as we were now, oh, isn't it terrible? We're missing out on all these things. Things have left us. What we had to do was bring something back. We had to describe what that new landscape was going to be. And Teesside, Tees Works had the physical space mm -hmm. with Ben Houchen, the Tory government, having that obvious synergies there, that, that made an awful lot of sense. And it's just, it deserves all that attention that it's getting. But it's just gained its own momentum. Once one thing went into place, it needed that. And then because that was growing, it needed and deserved the, the railway station, things like that. It's okay. an astonishing time. Uh, by the way, I must give viewers full disclosure. I didn't invite you to talk about Teesworks, but I do serve as an unpaid non-exec director on the sure. board of that. Now, um, when you look at Teesside, yes, you put that into context. But when you look at the question, good year and good year to come, um, for as many people in business, it hasn't been a good year. It's been a difficult year. Uh, inflation was very challenging. Energy prices were very, very challenging. Getting skills uh, was challenging. Um, and innovation has become necessary. Um, taxation has been challenging as well because sure. uh, business taxes have gone up. But despite that quite compelling list of difficulties, unemployment has been broadly similar yeah um businesses business closures haven't happened at the scale maybe people feared and we are still receiving in all our local newspapers not just in yours quite a, a pipeline of future investment stories do you think perhaps we were overly concerned at the beginning of the year have we got through the year in better better form than maybe everyone thought of in january I think it's undoubtedly, as you say, to be a very challenging year. And I, I suppose, not wanting to be too simplistic about it, but if you had those sort of challenges in any other place in the country, potentially at the moment, it would be more so because there's no goals. There's no sort of hope there. There's nothing to become a part of. Businesses were struggling. I think Teesside and, and, even, and of course, the, the, the wider Northeast has the attention now, so it has that sort of momentum. And I think firms, when they are struggling, we, are, we, we work with some very large firms, but was, it's so important that those firms also have a supply chain, of course. Mm. And as they gain success, then their supply chain grows, hopefully. And that, that's an important mm -hmm. conduit. So I think if you're having struggles at the moment, and we know, of course, many firms are, then investing in the region now, waiting to see what sort of large-scale developments is a plus it doesn't cure all the problems but it's a place to it's something to aim for it's a goal our this observation as well listening to what you're saying that um on this podcast week in week out we have economists on we have people commentating we reflect what's been said in uh, politics and the public eye although it's business focused um but that that, that commentary is about the here and now and people's predictions the one thing the commentary can't do is necessarily take into account what people then do about it. Because you might say everything's going to be terrible, but people also take evasive action and make they change. And businesses is businesses are adaptable. They do change. Yeah. Um, 
this time last year, my own business wasn't really using AI. One of my big spends has been to get consultants in to work out how to do it and yeah. to, to make sure that my Microsoft uh, packages are plugged into AI. Yeah. Uh, the, these things just weren't around. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, AI is a, is a crucial part of what's to come. I think we've only just touched the edges of what that can do for us. Mm. People have concerns about how far it's going to go. Ultimately, it will always be under our control to an extent. But we, ha we have to plan for things like this. But I think the point you make as well reflects another big plus for the whole region, really, which is its agility. Mm. So it's, it's smaller firms, smaller regions. We can move faster. We can react faster. We don't have to go through quite as much red tape and quite as much implications. We can look after ourselves. So when a possibility of investment comes in, when the smaller firms get the chance of a contract, it's, it is easier here. We, we, we encourage that, that sort of openness. Now, in the year you've been writing, uh, I'm presuming, like many journalists, you'll be doing a sort of summary of the year piece in the next few weeks. Absolutely. What have been your big headlines from business? Well, we know about the fact that we've got Mayor Houchen doing his thing in Teesside, so we'll park that for a minute because that takes a lot of headlines because he, he's a great guy for headlines, uh, and uh, we, we love him for that. But um, what about the business bits? What, what, what are your standout takeaways from what's happened in business? I think, I mean, things like Teesworks and, and the Dawn Economic Campus are are factors for it. But I, I do think that one of the key things I've seen is this is this feeling of partnership and collaboration. And that's not just directly firms and supply firms, supply chain working for them. But there is, and I'm not sure it quite works anywhere else in the country, there is a feeling that we look after each other. Mm. And when we hear about firms that are struggling or when we hear about large contracts that are coming in and, and I think the, the the panel of people that we have on this on this next event next Friday reflects that we genuinely want to see okay this thing is happening what can we do for the whole region what can we do for skills that we need to feed into this sort of a project what can we do for this the, the supply chain obviously what can we do to keep this sort of investment rolling that feeling that we're working as a team and collaborating mm. It's a little bit extraordinary here. It's a key thing around the whole country, obviously. You have to be seen to be working together, particularly with combined authorities being an example of how councils have to start working together. But the businesses here do it already. And I think it's an, an often slightly overlooked but absolutely vital factor that I've seen through the whole year. It's powered a lot of progress here. It's a smallish region, your patch, so everyone knows each other as well, so they do know what's going on. And there's been... In the northeast of England, for viewers that are watching outside of the northeast, I've, my sense is that the supply chains have emerged and really started to take off in clean tech. And uh, in, 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 I'm not just talking about energy, though offshore wind is certainly stimulating on the banks of the rivers, um, yeah. but also automotive and battery technology. The massive announcement from Nissan yeah. three weeks ago, uh, announcements that they found... Uh, raw material that for, for lithium production in the water underneath the Pennines in North uh, Weirdale. Yeah. Um, these things are starting to pull people together in uh, clean tech and investment now. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to say to reflect as a business editor that these are things that we wouldn't have dreamt could be possible. AI is an example. Certainly the, the, the lithium is an example. Sustainable aviation fuel. Yeah, cool. the, the airport is growing, of course, and, and commercially it's it, it's growing as an actual airport, but the space around it is developing so much. And people are homing in on it now. I'm thinking this is a place that could be a, a major centre for sustainable aviation fuel. And there are several projects now working towards that. 
And that's, again, that's that's a, this sort of spin-off thing that once one thing starts happening, people start adding to it, It's things start growing, and investors start thinking, actually, that's a place I hadn't thought of before, and they come here. So, Mike, you've got your uh, end-of-year conference event on uh, Friday of next week yep. uh, in Stockton, and any business in the Northeast is able to register and go, I presume. Absolutely. Um, a large panel of speakers, uh, businesses... Um, politicians? Yeah, it's essential for us to have that broad mix. So we have legal firms, we have the politicians, um, we have Amanda Hopgood from Durham County Council. Uh, they, we've been working with them a, a lot uh, and we're at the County Durham Together Awards tonight um, with, with, Durham, with Durham County Council. But it's to reflect that the, the people who are making the decisions, the politicians, are already speaking to the businesses that are here they're speaking to the BPs. BP will be there a week on Friday. Huge concerns like that. They're already talking. That conversation's going. Durham is a leading, uh, Durham Council is, is one of the leading players in that. But there's a whole panel, there'll be nine businesses there, all saying, this is a great place to do business. Okay, well, let's pick up on that theme. And thank you. I'm looking forward. I'm going to try and get there myself. Yes. So it should be great. Um, Sarah Slaven is the Managing Director of Business Durham. And um, the, the Business Durham is uh, Durham County Council's business support service. So I suppose you're the other end of what Mike's talking about with the collaboration, the other, the, 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 the local authority end, uh, Sarah. What have you got to say in response to what Mike is doing uh, with his uh, 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 events? Oh, um, I think Mike's doing a great job. I couldn't agree more in terms of some of the themes that you drew out there, Mike, particularly around partnership and collaboration. And I think one of the strengths that we've got in the Northeast is that we have got a good partnership between the public and private sectors working together. I mean, certainly in terms of my role in County Durham, um, the Durham County Council recognises that what we want is a really thriving private sector in the county and how what can we do to support that? So we want Durham and the Northeast to be a great place to do business and we want to play our part in supporting that you know recognizing that it's the businesses who actually uh, make the economy work it's the businesses that create jobs but there are things we can do as the public sector to support that and hopefully to enable businesses to take advantage of some of those opportunities that are out there and um, because just reflecting on what you were saying in terms of you know what a year it's been I've seen, I think, the businesses we work with, um, it's been really tough doing business, uh, but there are some great opportunities out there at the same time. So, you know, businesses are very resilient, aren't they? They find their way through those difficulties. When you can see there are some real opportunities to go for, I think it makes it easier to get through some of those really tough times. And let's not, you know, uh, forget it has been very tough for some out there, but I feel like we're, we're coming through some of that. It certainly has been tough, but I think as a business owner, and my business is a small business, and I'm sure that people watching who run small businesses would get this, mentally, COVID was like, my God, that 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 really is training for the worst of the worst. You know, once you've got, if you felt you got through COVID, those first few months of the lockdown were very challenging to anyone in business because you felt you owed both your clients and your staff. You were, your, it was existential threat to you. And to navigate it through that, compared to this year, which in previous years before COVID would have been very difficult. I felt yeah. match fit for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, let's talk about uh, something you've got going, which is going to last for the next 18 months, which is your £8 million business growth programme. Tell us about the programme, because it, it's targeted at around 250 companies and you want to create or help create 1,300 jobs. 
Yes. Yeah, so this this is um, we're really proud to have launched this program. And what this is, um, it's called Durham Business Growth, and it's all about supporting businesses in County Durham um, to be more productive and to be able to grow. We all know that productivity is a real sort of challenge in the UK. So um, the, this program is designed to provide some support, support to businesses to enable them to look at what's actually going to help make them more productive and importantly provide them with not only support and advice but some grant to enable them to put in place things that will help with that and what it is and um, the funding comes from the uk share prosperity fund so you'll you'll all be aware that the northeast has benefited from a lot of european funding in the past and a lot of that has been used to support businesses obviously that's come to an end now and what the government have provided to local authorities is something called uk shared prosperity fund and that's meant to replace to some extent what the funding that we used to get from europe and what I think we've done in County Durham is we've taken a really bold decision that we wanted to have a really integrated and joined up program of support. So rather than having lots of different organisations running lots of small things, we've come together and said this is an £8 million package um, to really integrate the support available to, to companies so that you don't have to go to lots of different providers for lots of different bits and pieces. And really, we're trying to make that more seamless for the business and um, cut out some of the bureaucracy, make it easier to get the support. So we're working with a couple of um, really trusted partners that we have in the Northeast, so RTC North, who've got a long track record of supporting companies with them um, productivity improvements supply chain etc and also umi who've got a really great experience of um and, and sort of all of the support that you need to actually manage public sector grant funding to business really effectively they've got great systems for doing that um, and they're a national business support provider that happened to be headquartered out of county durham which is brilliant so we're working with those oh sorry yeah go on, go on. So I was going to say we're, we're working with those two trusted providers and um, to really sort of join up that support that's available. Okay, so give me the kind of things that you're wanting businesses to step forward because your job is to manage the money, isn't to manage what the ideas are, is it? Absolutely. So in, any company that's got plans to do, do something in their business that's going to help them to grow, whether that be to grow their, their markets or, or to um, introduce new product or something where they've got an opportunity perhaps and they know they need to do some things within the business to enable them to go after that opportunity, then we can offer them either um, grant support. So if they need to make a capital investment, um, we've got grants up to £200,000. So that could be to take on new premises or buy a big piece of kit um, and just help make that, you know, maybe de-risk that decision for a company by getting some grant support towards it but also um, it could be something like you know you really need to implement some more great um, digital technology to enable you to become more productive and, and um, sort of grow your business um, grow your turnover then again we've got some grant support towards that and importantly we've got some great advice to go alongside it because you know we all know that if you're making a big decision to invest in your business you want to make sure you make the right decision and it sometimes can be difficult to navigate what's the, exactly the right solution for you so what we're trying to have is a really integrated package that's got that advice that you need and it's also got some grant support to enable you to to do that and i think the other thing i would say as well and um, picking up on a theme you were discussing earlier the whole um area of um you know sort of energy efficiency and um, decarbonization it's really big agenda for businesses and again we've got support through the business growth program to look at decarbonisation plans, energy audits, so companies can get an idea of what it is they need to do and then a bit of support towards implementing that within their business. Well, Sarah, that's, I wish I was based in County Durham now because I'd be on the <laughs> phone, I think. I've got a few ideas that, for my own business. Um, so that that is running that programme until March uh, 2025, uh, so about 18 months or so. And if you're interested, if you run a business and you're interested in that programme, 
Uh, do you go through Business Durham or through the providers? How do you do it? You can so you can go through any of the of the three partners. So Business Durham, UMI, or RTC North. We've got a website available, um, and and basically you just register your interest, and then one of our business engagement officers will get in touch. And the first thing that we do with a company is we do a business review. So it's kind of a light touch. You know, what is it you're trying to achieve? What are the barriers? What are the things that you need? And through that, we can develop an action plan about how the program can support you. Um, and it's, and so far, since we launched the program in September, we've had over 200 businesses um, submit expressions of interest. We've had 93 business reviews already completed and action plans underway. Um, and we're starting to see the grants being approved now and coming through. We've just had the first grants approved this week. Uh, so it's, it's, it's live, it's there. And yeah, get in touch um, either through Business Durham or one of the partners and we'll be able to you. Yeah. Just one other thing to mention before I finish on that. Um, for the first time, uh, we're able to help um, sort of all businesses, all sizes, all sectors. So we've always used to have restrictions with European funding. So in particular, um, we're able to provide more support to businesses in the visitor economy, so tourism and hospitality businesses. Wow. And we're also looking to support rural businesses more than we've done in the past. Well, those well. two things to add up. I mean, uh, do you know, I, I think that uh, the Durham Dales are some of the great jewels of Britain's countryside because they, they, not as many people visit them. I know you've got to get visitors because that's part of the pro pro project, but uh, they're not as crowded as other beauty spots, but they're just as beautiful. Um, now, we're, just before we go, I, I'm going to ask you about Net Park. Now, Net Park is in Sedgefield in County Durham. Uh, it's uh, a, a part of uh, Durham's business scene that was opened way back in the Tony Blair government days. And um, you're going on phase three of this development, aren't you? It, it's a real, it's got a lot of really good tech businesses at NetPark. Yeah, absolutely. So this, you know, this has been a long-term project to create um, a science park for businesses that are in, involved in R&D innovation. And it's really about trying to um, build on, you know, some of that great talent that we have in the region through our universities, but also um, provide really high high value jobs um, into the economy. And um, we've got a really collaborative innovation community there now at NetPark, over 40 businesses, um, employing over 600 people already. And in some ways, it's a great problem to have but we're actually full we haven't got any more space left at net park so in order to accommodate the growth of some of the businesses there um, and obviously enable more to come in and and, and sort of do develop and grow there. Um, we're investing a £62 million investment in creating phase three at NetPark. And that's some bigger space that's going to enable companies already at the park to really scale up their manufacture. Um, and then obviously that releases space for others to move on and, and incubate and grow with us. So it's really exciting. Um, started on site in July. Um, the steelworks going up now for the units, which is absolutely brilliant to see. Um, and we're getting a real, you know, great interest um, from you know, business is already there at NetPark, but also others in the region who feel like NetPark's the right place for them. And we've got some interesting inquiries from companies outside of the region who want to come and locate there. Okay, well, NetPark, it, it is a good place. It's just off the A1. So I'm just giving a plug for people outside of the Northeast. It's just off the A1. It's got fantastic fast fibre as well. And as you say, it does have a community. It, although it's a business park, it's, it looks and feels more like a university campus, I would suggest. Yeah, and we've, we've, we've been really careful in the design of phase three to make sure that we retain that feel because that's one of the things that we know businesses um, really appreciate. You know, it, it as I say, it's a, it's a collaborative innovation community. Companies there work together. Um, you know, they they share 
people and resources, um, and they're all working on you know innovations that actually have the potential to change the world. You know, so it's a really exciting place to be, and it has that really that really strong community feel. Well, Sarah, Mike, thank you very much. Now, the Northern Business Podcast isn't all about the Northeast. We've just had a long conversation about the Northwest, but not Northeast. But now we need to go over to the Northwest. Uh, and by the way, if you run a business anywhere in the North, whether it's Yorkshire or the Northwest or uh, East Yorkshire, Humberside or the Northeast, do get in touch with us at the Northern Business Podcast because we'd like to feature you if you if you were able to take part. But over to the Northwest now, where my colleague Joss is speaking with Ian Rippon of MCS. Thank you, Graham. Um, this week, my guest is Ian Rippon from um, MCS. He's the chief executive there. Thank you very much for joining us, Ian. You're welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Not a problem at all. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, just off the bat, if you can explain for those who maybe aren't in your industry, what is MCS? What is it that you do? Well, MCS is short for the Microgeneration Certification Scheme, which probably doesn't help listeners to understand what it is. But essentially, we're the quality assurance department for the small scale renewables sector, small scale renewables, as in solar panels you put on your roof, heat pumps you might have at home, biomass boilers. So where the energy you're generating is is in your home or attached to your home, what we call homegrown energy, MCS is there with the right standards and the quality assurance to give consumer confidence in that technology. And where is it that you're based? How many people do you work with? How many organizations are you involved with? Well, MCS was born out of government 15 years ago. We were we were based in central government until five years ago when we made the move to the Northwest and we've never looked back. So MCS is now, its head office is in, in Warrington. Um, so we're able to draw great talented people from Liverpool universities, Manchester universities. So we're, we're based rooted in the northwest i've got teams out on the road looking at installations i've got some people who work from home but head, headquarters is in the northwest on the SciTech daresby site near warrington brilliant um now you mentioned heat pumps and um, i'm going to ask you a little bit more about that now the the big thing that's helping drive or certainly appears to be driving the adoption of heat pumps is the boiler upgrade scheme earlier this year the value of it was increased do you think that's going to make a difference to the adoption of the technology? I do, and it is. I think the, it was much, we we talked to government about this, the grant that's available. So £7,500 for either an air source or a ground source heat pump mm. is, is pretty good um, and can, in most cases, for an air source heat pump, as long as there's not lots of work to do in your home, um, that can cover the cost. So you could pretty much get a heat pump almost for free, Um so we are seeing a lot of interest now in particularly air source heat pumps. That's the technology of choice for most homeowners uh, wanting to look at decarbonizing their heat and hot water. So air source is, is often the choice, especially if you don't have a big garden or lots of land required for a ground source heat pump. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's we're seeing a very slow uptick, but we are seeing an uptick. The last government incentive was the renewable heat incentive. That was really attractive. Mm -hmm. um, that paid you money over many years. This is a, a one-off grant that cuts the capital cost down to something close to what it would cost you to have a replacement gas boiler. So now is definitely the time to think about having a low carbon heating system for, for your home or small office. Mm. Now, 
we're approaching the end of 2023, but um, I recently saw some figures that this year has been the record year in the UK for the installation of low carbon energy, um, the solar PV that you mentioned earlier, but also um, renewable heating forms like the um, air source heat pumps. Yeah. What What do you think is driving that? Is 2024 going to be the year that it tips into, you know, really being the mainstream? And that's what we're hoping for. We want this to be the uh, to, to be the technology that people adopt because they want to do the right thing, be green, um, but also to cut their bills and um, you know and, and and wean themselves off of fossil fuels. So yeah, twenty twenty three has been a fabulous year. The the biggest year in the scheme's history. That's fifteen years of history. So really, since the very beginning of the UK's adoption of uh, things mm-hmm. like solar panels, solar PV. So um, I think the conditions of there's a lot of things that have seemed to have come together this year that have really driven that and not least the cost of um, energy, our new relationship with energy that has made a massive difference. So, you you know, when you get your bill at home and the electricity price is often three or four times that of gas. Well, that brings solar, makes the economic argument to have solar panels on your roof and the return on your investment is a lot faster then because you're saving on the energy, especially if you put energy storage. So we're seeing battery, domestic battery linked to solar panels so that you can use the energy that you're generating during the day when you're at home at night, when the sun stops shining, you can draw on your battery. So solar PV has gone amazing up to 20,000 installations you can't go down the a street without no, seeing them nowadays and... they're everywhere yeah it's good for the grid as well because it Absolutely. gives us that security and um yeah so and heat pumps slowly three four thousand a month but growing steadily you know so i think some of the government incentives that are coming next year will really help that um cost of living is a concern you know what can people afford so i think green finance and and things like the boiler upgrade scheme a grant that just drops the cost down to something more manageable. That's great news for homeowners thinking about um, next generation technology like heat pumps. Well, we've talked about the technologies there. The money is maybe most of the way there for for domestic users. But I'm going to have to ask you, is there the right number of installers to actually be putting these technologies in and around and on top of people's homes? Short answer is no. Um, But the the audience of installers is growing. Um, mm. We're seeing 100, 150 new installer businesses joining MCS every single month. That's a few a day, and that momentum is growing. The, you know, there's a there's a queue of people wanting to get their MCS certification, which means they can offer things like the boiler upgrade scheme to their customers. So, but it's it's still slow and. We, for example, have uh, supported the development of a new apprenticeship scheme for the heat pump sector that's now gone live to try and attract the next generation. So it's the next generation we want to inspire to work in our sector. These are meaningful, well-paid jobs across the country, especially in the Northwest as we adopt adopt the technology. We also want to convince those that are already in the heat, in heating professions, qualified electricians, we need their skills for renewables as well. Um, so there are lots of courses now that we recognize as MCS, quality courses that allow already qualified engineers to make the move into renewables. 
And so, so the, you know, the story's getting better. We're fighting, I think. Most sectors have got problems with uh, resources mm -hmm. today, haven't they? But we want to inspire the next generation to see this as um, a sector of choice, really. Career opportunities are significant, not least at MCS. We're growing, you know, and we're, we're proud to be here in the Northwest. Lots of opportunity for people to, to join the Green Revolution. Excellent, Ian. Well, you've convinced me um, anyway. So thank you very much for, for your time today. No problem. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks. Going back to you now, Graham. Thanks, Joss. Now, if you'd like to join us as a guest on the Northern Business Podcast, feel free to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We're producing our programmes for January onwards now. Our podcast producer is Harry Sinclair and our technical operator is Robin Campbell. Join us next time for the Northern Business Podcast. Never miss an episode. Like, rate and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.